Thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Brian Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, as always, my co-host, Alex. I got my hair did, Collins. Yes, I, I did get my hair done, Ryan. I typically have that cut about every six weeks. How, mu- how many hairs? Sorry, like all corny three jokes. Of them. I'm a dad. All three of them. <laughs> you are looking at me too. I shouldn't make fun of you. So. In today's conversation, uh, what we wanted to talk about is really once you have a practice established and the income is consistent and we've got excess cash flow in terms of you know how to grow the practice, oftentimes it's around uh, possibly attracting and retaining employees because in the end, our employees help our practice grow. Without really good employees, we're going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And sometimes we might even get to this stage a little bit before that. I mean, if we have a key employee, one of the first questions that we get from from our, our business owner clients, especially our, our naturopathic doctors, is how do I hold on to that person? What are the ways in which I can make sure that they're going to be a part of my practice for a long time to come? So obviously, step one is hiring employees right and, and making sure we have the attraction of what what we're trying to build uh, benefits package is normally pretty important uh, to, to bring on staff for that and so make sure to have that type of standard benefits package this podcast is really going to be geared towards so you've hired employees what employee do you have that is having a big effect in your business right how do you identify these key employees that we're talking about and and the first step to doing that is to making sure that we define what a key employee is and the the way in which we would define a key employee is one are they generating revenue for you so that could be uh, an associate it could be a marketing person uh, it could be just you know someone who does a phenomenal job of bringing people in the door So that's step one. Uh, The other component to that, though, is if we've got people coming in the door and we can't process any of it, it doesn't matter. So that could be an office manager, medical billing specialist, folks of that nature. So that what we're able to do is, A, generate people coming in the door and then, B, help them out once we've gotten them in the door and make sure that you get paid on it. So a prime example of uh, both of those type of employees, you just mentioned the office manager for the, the processing aspect, and that's, that's typically a really big employee inside of any medical practice. The, the other employee, if you will, is, and they might be a 1099, who knows, is more of the, the revenue standpoint. If they're bringing in a bunch of revenue, could be another ND or an associate ND that has come in and just crushed it. Right. I mean, the last thing in the world that you want to do is have somebody who's been brought in, 
crushed it and then have them just walk out the door. It's like, ooh, that that didn't work. Right. So, you know, oftentimes when we're working with practice owners, it, revenue can be doing really good and, they, you know, everything's kind of working really, really well. And it's very hard to take a step back and think of crap. My practice has changed and it's changed because of X employee as well as the different plans we put in place. How do I make sure that that never goes away? Or how do I build on that to get bigger so that maybe I merge with another practice by buying them out and, and building what we want? And so this podcast is about taking a step back and looking at your practice and really analyzing, okay, what, what's having it sink or swim? So that swimming aspect, or it could be a, a, a sinking aspect. Key employee could be a negative key employee. Maybe that employee is also having your practice go down for this podcast. It's more of that key employee is having your, your practice thrive. Well, without having a plan in place, it, you absolutely can, can create that antagonistic relationship. The person can, can create a negative culture because they're not happy. And, and you know, typically they're not going to stay long after they're not happy, but making sure that, that we're, building structures in place so that you don't wind up just having massive salary inflation for that person and, you know, have the, have them realize that they've really kind of got you over a barrel because you're so that, that employee is so critical to, to your practice. And so the, the goal is to go ahead and, you know, restore balance to a relationship and, and make sure that no one has more leverage that you're rewarding them and that you're treating them as the this key employee who's doing amazing, wonderful things. And it's all about trying to create a synergy and, and create a, a reason for them to stay, not give them a reason to leave. So giving them a reason stays huge. Let's transition to what are the effects if they leave? Yeah. I mean, if they leave, boy, we are, we're, we've got an instant loss of business because they were a key person who is either generating revenue or processing the business. So we just took a massive step back from that standpoint. Oftentimes these are some of the most respected, most liked people in the office. So it's going to have a negative impact on your culture. And the more that you wind up with turnover in that, those key positions, you're going to have a massive ramp uh, ramp up phase, which is going to increase training costs, decrease efficiency. It's just not a good situation. Yeah, I mean, think of think of an office manager is a really good example of this. If your office manager left today, what would be the cost to find someone and then retrain them to get them back up and running the way you were? Well, and also, how much efficiency do they bring to the practice of helping organize the other employees, helping make sure that everything runs smoothly? Yeah, oftentimes, they're doing a lot of work so that you can actually do what you're good at, and that's helping people with their health. Absolutely. That's kind of why you went to school is to learn that aspect and do that. That's why you opened your practice. That's why you were born to do what you do. So let's make sure you're looking at your practice from a business standpoint and really understanding Who's really there on the same side, same team with you that if they left, it's, it's really going to hurt you. 
Yeah, and typically the answer is that you know, with with most of the smaller practice, you might have zero, you might have one, you might have two, and and really step one is identifying: a, do you have that person? B, if you have that person, all right, now what do we need to do? If you don't have that person, maybe we wind up creating a plan with the idea of attracting that person. And that, that might be the missing component of why you don't have a key person. So now let's dive into a little bit about, you know, the, the plan. Yeah. I mean, like everything that we talk about here, right? The, the more plan you have, the better people generally do. Like you just didn't open up your practice and then say, okay, people come find me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you had some sort of marketing plan. Some are better than others, but you learned from that. And, but you had some sort of plan as to how to attract your clients to come see you. So let's take that same, uh, that same aspect of obviously a financial or business plan, as well as incorporating into that business plan. What's the key employee retention plan? Yeah. And there's, this isn't a one size fits all there's, it's going to depend upon your individual situation. Uh, I, I know you love it when I say it depends and really it's typically a couple different components. One is how are we rewarding that person today? How are we communicating the plan and the, the long-term structure that, that we're looking towards for tomorrow? And for, for oftentimes, whether the person is uh, like more support staff, whether that's office manager or, you know, medical uh, insurance specialist, billing specialist, or whether it's an ND, like what's the path to profit sharing to, you know, partnering as, uh, you know, ownership of the, of the practice. And we talked a little bit last time about transition. That's not like, this is maybe the, this could be in preparation of that transition. If you've got an ND that's working for you, that's crushing it, maybe they eventually buy you out. Right. And, and this can oftentimes be the, the first step to, okay, how do they have the ability to buy in, if you will, or have the cash to be able to go to the bank to buy in, whatever the, the situation may be. And so when we set up these types of plans, and there's about half a dozen or a dozen different versions or variants of it, um, for lack of a better term, we're going to just use the term non-qualified deferred compensation. Now that is an absolute mouthful. Let me take a step back and define what that means. So a non-qualified plan means that it doesn't fall under ERISA. So it's not going to be your, your standard, typical retirement plan. You can pick and choose who's involved in the plan. That's key. Because if you can't pick and choose, it means all of your employees have to be in the plan. Right. And we like, the whole point of this is to be able to identify the key person and reward them. Right. The person that's actually driving the business or keeping the business cranking the way it is. Exactly. So the, the next component is deferred compensation. And so there's some various different methodologies for how we are essentially providing extra compensation to this person without just simply handing them a check. Because when we start just handing people checks, I guess that engenders uh, gratitude and like, we're, we're ha they're, they're typically happy about receiving extra money. 
But essentially, the only thing we're doing is salary inflation. You know, we might not call it salary. We might call it bonus or something of that nature. But there's there's nothing retaining that key employee aside from the the future promise of more dollars. Right. At the end of the year, if I say, hey, if we have a really good year, I'm going to pay you $100,000. What's from stopping that person from saying, great, I'll take my $100,000 and peace out? Yeah, nothing. So this is where the vesting schedule comes into play, where you build into the plan a period of time, three years, five years, seven years of vesting, meaning at end of year one, maybe of the $100,000 in that scenario, you're only vested in 10%, meaning you only get 10% if you leave today. Yeah. And for this type of a plan, I absolutely love using a, a rolling vesting period, meaning that, I mean, I think a hundred grand is for most naturopaths. That's probably more, yeah, a bigger number. Let's, let's use 10 grand as an example. It might be that they're 20% vested after the first year. And so if they walk at the end of year one, they're leaving eight grand on the table for most key employees. That's not an insignificant amount of money. But if we continue to fast forward now at the end of year two, let's say they've earned the bonus for two years in a row. Now they've got 20 grand plus potentially some growth sitting there. And if they only have 20% of the bonus that they just got and 40% of the, of the previous year's bonus now of the 20 grand, they only get to walk with six. So now it's 14 grand that they're walking away from and at the end of year three, now we're adding another four grand of deferred bonus that they're not going to receive out of the 10. So uh, if they walk and so it, it starts getting to be this bigger and bigger and bigger amount of money that they're leaving behind in the event that they walk. And because it's a rolling vesting schedule, every time they get a new bonus, they're going to leave something behind. So now we've got, you know, what what's commonly referred to as golden handcuffs, making sure that if the person leaves, well, the business is recouping now some of the bonus that got paid to them in order to be able to go find and hire the next key employee. So it allows you to retain your, your best employee or the person that if you lost would be a crusher to your business as well as you're kind of putting money aside for in that oh crap scenario because let's just face it in the nd associate that i was just talking about oftentimes these associates want to start their own practice and so they may come on board and you're trying to keep them on board sometimes that just doesn't work out and it's not that you did anything wrong they just want their own practice so this is a savings plan if you will to go find another hopefully really good nd associate or another nd to help keep the revenue coming. Yeah, exactly. It at least offsets any costs of going out and hiring that new person. You know, maybe it, it pays for the ability to go to go get, uh, you know, someone who's going to go find that person for you so that it's now not you having lost your associate. So you've got extra work on your plate and now you've got to go find the new one. If you can hire that out to uh, a recruiter or something of that nature, because you've got cash that came into the business, it makes it infinitely, significantly easier. And then the opposite, let's just say that ND associate and you get along really, really well, and they're no longer associate, you're actually kind of planning the eventual either partnership 
So maybe they buy into the practice and they're, they're 20, 30 or some percentage of partner of the practice. So now they've got full buy-in and you helped fund that and you just locked in the revenue that that person's bringing in. So it's, you know, you said golden handcuffs and it is, but it's a win-win because the only reason you'd partner with someone, if you have the same philosophy, you're having fun with one another. And in the case of you and I, we like to pick on one another at the same time. (laughs) So uh, it's a win-win all around. Yeah. When it, it, it's building towards that end in mind, that ultimate goal of being able to find, you know, a partner if that's your goal. You know, depending upon, you know, what type of key employee we're talking about and, and what the ultimate structure is, it builds a path towards partnership. And that's something that can also be part of the communication of, hey, you're doing amazing things. I want to reward you. Here's how it's going to look. And so it's it's extra dollars on top of their base salary. So it's a win for them. And at the same time, like I said, you're you're putting that golden handcuffs on them so that they can't walk away. And if they do, you're being compensated for it. So the drive is still there. And that, and that's the important piece for that key employee to, to continue to want. And when you have that that drive and that fun and that culture, because a lot of times the key employee we mentioned earlier is a part of the culture. If they leave, like the culture kind of changes a bit. It's it just so I we're beating a dead horse. I realize that, but I can't tell you how many times we're talking to business owners and they bring up the, the person that they had versus the person that they have. Right. And that's why, you know, having these conversations and figuring out, okay, which, which plan works for you? Why do we want what, you know, the first step is understanding a, what a key employee is, B, what it means to your firm or practice, and then uh, C, okay, what are the basic concepts that we need to have? And then once we've got the basic understanding, it's going to be a series of questions depending upon who that key employee is, what your practice looks like. And the goal is to make it meaningful for the key employee so that they can see themselves staying for, you know, three, four, five years and actually receiving benefit from this bonus. If you make it so that uh, you're going to give them a hundred grand, but they're only going to get it 20 years in the future. That's too far away. Yeah. That's like, that's like preparing for as we, when we're talking to business owners, Hey, what's your exit plan? And they just started the business. (laughs) Right. We need to have an idea and a goal of what we want to do down the road, but we want to speak to it in, timeframes that are going to be meaningful to the employee. You know, if, if we're talking to a key employee and we build out a plan that's not meaningful for them because they can't see themselves staying, it's not worth a hill of beans. So it's just making sure that we, we've got the basic concept. Once you've got the basic concept, then it's a matter of finding uh, an advisor who can help you enact the plan. So you know the the goal from all this is to to make sure that you're aware that there are ways to attract and retain your your key people. I mean that's that's the main takeaway from today. Unless you have some others, right? No, I I think this was was great. Um, part of me wishes that you and I would have had someone talking to our business <laughs> around this type of planning 
early on when we were just getting into the industry. But you live and you learn. That's why we're here passing it on. We hope today was valuable. Have yourself a good morning or a good rest of your day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-85454, expiration 09-2021.